Tim's Indians in Wolf Tree are not comfortable. I was talking to you the other day with Tony's song he was going to be um, playing uh, concerning the, uh, the potter and the clay and they just got the vessel of mercy and I said, the potter, I didn't hear that, but the other because and, and it is, you know, we think, okay, we're done. You know, I've gone as we are. And I'm kind of, this is where I know I'm at. And the songs of water said, okay, let's start all over again. And that's really hard sometimes when God makes a transition. And it's not a choice that we have. God is offered. He's the bottom where the play. And sometimes we resist that. And uh, as long as we uh, allow ourselves to be pliable and allow the word to, to penetrate us and to walk in the spirit and keep ourselves out of the way, then we I believe can see what God uh, has. You know, the book that you see, the text I chose to use today out of Acts is really, really familiar to most of us in this room. And, you know, we, we have here, Andrew, giving us this news as first friend in church. We have Tim and Alicia that are sad about what God's doing. So it's keeping the kids down here today. And they're able to come and be, be part of their family. And that will be able to happen. And I know that means a lot to, to mom and dad. And um, we have the mills that have been pretty stationary for a long time. You know, I haven't got a few bars from Tiberius, so that's a really good thing. Um, but sometimes John has to move, and uh, it's difficult. There's a word here that we're going to, you know, it's a little simple word, but uh, Holy Spirit says to the leadership in the early church, separate. Separate, and it was for God's purpose. Uh, Paul and Barnabas for the work that I'm calling them to. The word separate, uh, typically you would think of, of uh, the Greek word that means, sort of like means holy, etc. And that, no doubt, is, is part of it all. But the word can mean to mark off from others. Uh, it can be used in negative if somebody is a sin, mark them off. And it's separate from. And here, it is in a, in a good, pur- good purpose. It is to separate from others. It's not like they're going to be monks and be in some tower. No, they're separating from this people to go to another people. And literally, it could be to separate by boundaries. Israel was comfortable. Antioch, where these were sent from, was comfortable. These men were called to go to a place they had never been before. Sound like Abraham? Just came off, went it on. Never been there before. And so it was, uh, it was hard. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and try to encourage and give points, especially this day, to Tim Alicia. As we pray for them, we'll, we'll pray for the mills and the also this day, the end of the service. But it is an honor for us uh, to be sending Tim Alicia to stand. And we're going to be coming together and making an agreement with them that we're going to be remembering them by prayer. And that God is going to use them while they're there. And what's really awesome about this interest is you said, these men, they have no idea what's about to happen. Is it going to be good or is it going to be bad? Is it going to be hard or is it all like clockwork? You don't know until you go. 
and that's the danger and experience. Would you please stand out of respect of God's Word? We're reading Acts in chapter 13, and just a few verses, verses 1 through 3. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers of Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manu, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now Saul, of course, we understand early name for the prophet. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted in Portland. And then the Holy Ghost said, separate. And that's the word we talked about. Separate ye Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. And Father, as we enter into your word a couple of minutes, bless the reading of your word. Help us, Lord, with understanding of your word. If there will be one here today that does not know Jesus as the Savior, this is going to be very foreign to them. And may they, through watching and hearing and listening to your word about these early missionaries and those that we're going to be praying for, that there is a love we have for not only here but the nations, that we will be reaching out to them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that that gospel is the same here as it is there. That every one of us needs the same message that we are separated to preach. We are separated unto the gospel. And so I pray that we will work in their hearts. They will see your love through us. That as these sacrifices arrive and they begin to separate boundaries, separate from those that they know and love, and they are marked off from this uh, facility and this place that they're going to see you is because they love, love you and love people. Bless this time. Holy Spirit, do the job of teaching and we'll thank you for Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you would take a moment and go to Romans in chapter number one, there's another verse there I'd like to share a little bit of light on. Romans chapter 1 and verse 1. When we get into this type of subject matter, it's a real, it really brings a soberness about us, and not only for ourselves, but our children or grandchildren, that God would take individuals and on purpose choose them for a specific reason, for a specific purpose, for a specific place to preach that specific message. And so Paul explains it this way. Paul, speaking of himself, a servant, that bond slave, he is the bond slave of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, here it is, separated unto the gospel of God. So here the first thing he says is about the, his own mindset. Paul says, I am a servant. I am a slave, if you will, in the old language, a bond slave, and it is to a purpose. That I on purpose, by my own will, I yield myself to be underneath Him. That I'm not over God saying, well, God, you need to do it this way. No, it's the opposite. God is telling us 
how to do it, what to do, when to do And it is a yielded spirit to a person. And the Lord is the trust. So that's the mindset. The second thing is the office that he is called to. Called to be an apostle. Now we hold here that these early apostles met certain credentials that we don't have apostles now as they did at this early, in, in the early church. Now we have uh, different officers now, but this is one that he was specifically called to as we have others that are called to pastor or to deacon, and we have our missionaries as we teachers and things before the list goes on. So specific callings and office that, that people are called to. And then the next word is separated, meaning that they are set apart. And they are separated from the world, no doubt, but it is a separation unto something. So sometimes you think if I'm separated, I mean I'm going uh, from something only. Well, it also means that you're separating to something. And, it, and the purpose of separation for Paul and Barnabas in the, in the text we're talking about is to go into these places they had never gone before. Well, maybe they visited the island, uh, not too far offshore, but they are separated to see people and to begin to talk to them and go into the synagogue and to be able to share that Jesus is the Messiah. So they're separated under the gospel. They're separated absolutely from the world, but they're separated to God's gospel. And I want to read that last phrase again. Separated unto the gospel of God. In other words, this story that we talk about is not man-made. This gospel is what God created. That's why you can go back to Genesis understand the fall of man and God's redemption for man who had fallen. It's a God's love for all of us in this room, in this generation. That God loves you as much as He did Adam and Eve. As much as He loved Paul. You are a focal point of this, of this life, of why He created you. So that you and I would live for His honor and for His glory. For His good pleasure, we are and were created, not for ourselves. So in that way, we are all separated. We're set apart for a purpose to be used by God. And God may not call you to go overseas. And God may not call you to start a church. Or God may not call you to do a specific office. But we are all called by God inside our hearts to salvation. What we are saved, God gives you. We've been talking about that on Wednesday night. He has given you the moment you trust in Jesus as your Savior. He equipped you for a specific purpose in this local church and maybe other local churches. And God wants to use you. And the key is, will we allow ourselves to be put on that wheel and to be molded in the way and the fashion that God wants us to be used? That's the next text. They were told to be separated. As they were separated, they were separated from some things, though. No doubt they were separated from people that they knew. This was who they went to church with, if you will. 
these were people that they went to, uh, you know, they were hurting and they went to see them. They had an illness and they prayed with them. And these guys were all active with ministry. And now to pick up roots and, and to leave. It's not far, but 500 miles is far. Uh, when we left Pennsylvania and came here, there were several times that people at my previous church were calling me and saying, can you come back for this? Can you come back for this? One I did go back to early on, um, there was a man that I would go to the hospital with every Tuesday morning, and we did it for years, and we would stop at Grace Downer. I laugh because it's, it's something else. And uh, we would go there, and we have our pancakes, and we have our, our bacon, and and uh, we, would, we would talk for a long time, then we go on. We did that for years. And it was not too long after I moved here, he went home to do his doors. And I had a really uh, good relationship with him. And so um, I did go back to that service. And there were others who said, Hey, can you come and marry us? Can you come and do this? And I finally had to say, No, I can't do this back and forth. I'm not rich enough to get one of those private jets. You know, the Sundays you were preachers were getting, you know, um, the first scale isn't quite there yet, you know, I, or I don't know enough, you know, billionaires to get one of those, you know, kinds of things. So, yeah, so I was like, I think you can that before. So it's like I had to, you know, in my mind, I had to help me to say, it's okay to say no. And they need to understand it's time for me to separate boundaries. And that's really hard because. You don't have that access. I'm sure the mills have missed a lot of things, such concerning your family back here, whether it was weddings or funerals or things of, you know, people, and you just can't jump on the plane and come back. And it's hard because you're here. Um, my uh, cousin that I was raised with, uh, he had a chief chief in the car, man. Uh, and they found one picture of me, I think probably uh, when I was at my youngest, I might have been old enough to see him and look out, you know, out. Uh, and, and so I'm just standing there and that's the place beside me, and he sits on board with me. And uh, so he and I were, were raised, you know, about junior high, we didn't hang out as much as we used to, um, you know, after junior high. But uh, he and I were very close, you know, a lot, a lot of time together. So he passed away on this week, I expected it. And I told him both times, if I was going to be there, if it was Monday, I was going to take off and head back to that one because he was real close. But um, the service was yesterday morning, and there was too much going on with ministry. I had the whole funeral party, and I just couldn't get back. And so I sent a letter to my brother um, uh, late. Friday for him to read on Monday half or Saturday morning for the funeral. And I was praying for the family, my aunt and my cousin, Brian, and I had others. And this is the second one that April lost. lost. She lost her daughter, Virginia, where she was a senior in high school. And so this was her second child. She followed me. I really wanted to get back. I wanted to be there. But guess what? There's a boundary to separate. And when you are called, you have to have that in your mind. There's there's separation. And sometimes that separation hurts. 
And that's why a lot of kids are like, please don't send my kids to Africa. <laughs> you know, maybe go to the Atlantic Ocean. You know, or maybe they can reach somebody there, you know. Sometimes, because we have a lot of years. I mean, we're blessed. We've got four kids, 15 grandkids so far, and they're all within easy, easy driving. You know, we get to see them all the time, and we're at their house, and our house, and, and we're there all the time. But my wife and I know, at any given time, God can call them somewhere else. And then during vacations, we would go see them, you know? And, and, and that's, that's part of it, and we know that, because we don't want to hold them back, even though it means preparation. Boundaries are going to be set. But, but we're going to love them, and we, we, there's always space. You know, there's always, you know, space time. There's always something we can see each other, but still not the same as being there. And so this year, you're going to go through that. There's going to be times it's like, wish you could be there for that one. Uh, and even though it's just a few minutes, it's amazing what can happen in just a few months. Uh, you know, you're more than a couple hours driving. And it makes, uh, makes a difference. Separation. There's a separation from one border to another. And it is amazing the cultural shock that you go through when you cross over boundaries. Uh, those are going through an incredible cultural shock. Matter of fact, anytime you come back, you remember the way it was, and now we're not even close to the same that we were a number of years ago. It's just like, what is happening to America? Y'all are weird. And I can say that down here. Um, Ryan up in Canada, you know, he all kinds of say, we're walking, it's happening down here. And we're like, in Canada, we're like, what are you people doing down there? It's crazy to see the mindset and change and so there's these cultural borders that you all have been crossed. Fortunately, Kim Alicia, they did in Japan, they were staging there uh, for a long time. But there's going to be changes. And there's, you know, your environment is totally uh, changed. And what you're going to be doing there is totally different. And there again, uh, it's so when we had the race around a number of years ago in India, and we were there, and finally he said, how did you eat so early? I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, we don't eat until 8 o'clock at night. And then we go to bed. He says, what? We're not hungry. But then we're ready to go to bed. We're like, we're really hungry. So we're like making meals at 7 o'clock so that they can eat at 8 o'clock so that they can actually get a good night's sleep. So that's my ice cream time. Yeah, I mean, that's my culture. Not so much anymore, but, uh, yeah, so we're, we're thinking, I don't want to have a nice snack before I go to bed. I don't want to be in the wild wild wild. They're like, no, we want a big meal. It's a cultural thing. It's amazing how those little things can really throw you off. And it changes things. But you have to be found as the father. If you want to be real, you have to conform. And you change to cultural ideas. And you're going to be going through who knows where, what God's going to do, but there's going to be some kind of change that, that God's going to be doing in your life and just be open. And, uh, and you've done well with all the Christians you have gone, the places you have been serving, and I know God will do the same thing when you're there. The family we love 
we're separated from. And that's not just church family, but that's also your immediate family. It is a transition, a change from that which is familiar to that now which is not familiar. Can you find a Chicago lately? Crazy. So I had to go there for my, my shop that I needed to go to uh, get a shop to get out of here a few weeks. And so there's a, there's a shortness of this shop. So instead of having it right here, I thought that guy would go you know, all over in Chicago and I'm like, awesome opportunity. This is Chicago. I've got a little favorite restaurant over there. So uh, Chris, Chris went along with the uh, Golden News. And so Chris and I uh, went out went to Chicago to the train and that's called the block. And then we came to Chicago and we start walking around and we found a place called Pete's Coffee Shop over there. It won't be coffee. And so I'm in there getting some coffee for my place and everything. And I just love to sit and watch people. Okay, I'm weird, maybe, I'm sorry. But it's like all walks of life. And you can see those that want to blend in by their dress. There's others that don't want to blend in with their dress. And there's so much the way they communicate, the hustle and bustle. I mean, it's like there's a group of people walking right at you, hundreds, and you have to cut across them, and some are trying to cut across, and they don't care. They'll just bump into you, they'll just give you an elbow. And I'm like, excuse me, we don't do that in a big way of ghosting an elbow. We're actually polite, and we say, excuse me, I need to get through here. There was no one talking. So on the, on the train, we're gone, and I'm watching. That happened here, too. But there was not one person that I saw talking to another person for an hour and a half. They all had their phones, earbuds, let the world go away. You know, I don't want to talk to anybody and don't make eye contact with me. I did that to this one person. I was you don't make eye contact with Chicago. We're probably in Gary. You definitely don't make eye contact with Gary. So, so, so we're going through this. You know, I'm watching it. And so the guy in front of us didn't have his budget that I saw. And Chris and I... We're talking, we're laughing, we're talking story, we're talking about ministry, and what God's doing, and all of a sudden I saw in front of me this guy, but everybody then don't want to hear. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking, there are people that need reach. I don't understand the way we have a camaraderie in this fellowship and things we have that in common and the things that we want to do together. And culture is a huge thing. You know, I don't know, those who I've been around, I, I love the culture that you folks are about to step into. A very humble uh, and, and very open, and, and I really enjoy that. I can go there easier than Chicago if you follow me. Um, because it's really hard to go, to go through these changes. From that which is familiar, how we do things, which is how they do. But this is part of it. But what's on the field, and I'll be quick now, but I do have some things that I want to give you, and I apologize, we're not going to have a lot of time to go through these. We don't have time to go through the scripture. I wish we did. But back in Acts 18, when once they left, 
and prayed y'all and began to go into ministry, it wasn't put until they got the reality check. You would think that these new missionaries and men that are on the field and I'm sure they're smiling, they're praising the Lord, they're praying, and they're singing, they're getting at 16, so they're having a great time, and they go into this area and they begin to, to teach, and they begin to share. And it wasn't long, the first thing recorded is that there's a sorcerer, a person that's involved with demonic and witchcraft uh, activities, begin to oppose them. That's a long day. It's like, okay, you want to do something right, you want to do something for God, get ready, because the devil hates you. And he's going to get his leaders right involved, and he is going to try to make it stop. Well, if I got in here and I was like the first person I'm trying to talk to, which is a bit of a, a, of a, uh, a, a uh, political, if you will, he's a proconsul, and they're starting to share the gospel with uh, Sergius Paulus, and this other guy, almost, uh, the sorcerer, is opposing him, uh, the message, you know, and so, so Paul rebuked him. And uh, really cool is if all the missionaries had this ability. Anybody that opposes you, uh, Paul says, okay, get you out of your body, physically, body, for a season. Amen. That's really awesome. You would definitely have the ear of everybody around you if you could just go in and say, oh, you want to pose me? You see that over there? And they're going to be blind. And then what happens then is uh, the professor begins to look at this and say, wow. And he gets home because he became a believer. When you go and separate from a culture, you separate for a purpose of sharing the gospel, you're going to have opposition. Get ready for it. It, it will come. But understand, the opposition is worth it if one person gets saved. And that's what the gospel God is saying. It delivers people from their personal sin, Anguish, if you will, uh, and God separates them then and they become a child of God, no longer a child of God. in God's family. And that's what God does. So, be ready for opposition. Satan is always at work. But remember, one soul saved is what's important. As spiritual policy, it is recorded became a believer. And it's really sad, it's not too long into this. Reading verse 13 of the same chapter, they determined to take John Mark, who was a relative of Barnabas, along with them on the first missionary journey. So as he goes along, it tells us that John decided he was going to leave him. We know how this had ramifications down the road with missionaries and the journey. So John Mark is there, and then he's like, I went off. You will find all our missionaries, that there are going to be people that we are on board, we're ready to go, and whatever it is, they quit. We've all experienced it. It never yet you will. We don't have a real clear reasoning what all happened with them. There are others that supported the care of the world, took them away. Uh, but here, you know, you know, I'll read this and something kind of strange between the eyes I hadn't really seen before. Remember how it said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the ministry I called them to. It doesn't say John Mark. 
There's nobody to call. You're on your own, baby. And there are times that these men encountered that. They were underneath the magistrate, whatever they said. So they healed this woman who's demon possessed, and sure enough, those who were making money off of her marketing have qualified as thrown in jail, beat them, beat them, and throw them into the inner jail. And we know the storyline and how it went. We know how they were able to reach yet another man in, uh, in Philippines. And the church is established in the book of Philippians. And God established the church. See, is it a big church? Probably not. Probably not full of people. But that's as much of a church as any other. Because God isn't worried about numbers. Many does. So, I do have one last verse. Let's go to Acts 15, okay? council is getting together about what we're going to do with all these Gentiles. Because we bacon lovers are getting saved. And the Jews are like, what are we going to do with these people? Oh, I need to keep them all with Moses. And you know, those of you who know the storyline, you know how it goes. But um, I want to highlight verses 25 and 26 how the church council looks at Paul. And Barnabas. It's really good unto us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men separated, right? Unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Moses says, Men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. They knew these men may never return. We may never hear from them again. They may be giving their lives for the sake of the gospel. And that's how we see those who go out. And there are times that there are going to be hazards. Paul said, pray for me because not everybody has faith. So in other words, so when we go to places, they're not a bunch of believers. And they may not like us. So pray for us to be delivered from these men. So, we understand as you go from Malaysia, as you head to Canaan, we're going to be planning for you. And this outline, brief outline, has given us a little bit of how to as a church to pray for them as well as all of our missionaries. We need to be praying as they separate to the gospel that there are going to be emotional and mental hardships. Because they're not here with family. They're not here with things are comfortable and familiar. So we pray for stability of heart and mind. That the emotions are going to be strong. And remember why you're there. Because if we keep looking back, we're not going to see where we're going. So you have to understand, this is what God's called us to do. Even though it leads us for a few months. And for Andrea, whatever God's called, you have to realize this is what it is. So we pray for the emotional side of things, the, the mind, the mind steps as they separate themselves. We also pray that some will get saved. That God is going to use them as they share the word and others see their faith that they're going to have opportunity to share the gospel. Now I'm going to say this. Um, 
we know that as a missionary, as you go in, you need to begin to reach out and develop relationships. And those relationships that you have, you know, meals with them, and you get to know them, you go to coffee shops with them, all these things that you're interacting with them, you go, I go to people's work, I've done all kinds of things uh, in order to get part of that person's life to win them to Christ. But there has to be a point, a some point, that they need to hear truth. That they actually hear Jesus says, Yes, that's not even close to right. Is that even remotely close? It was close. It's still not right. That's why you won't hear me saying any Hebrew word from the pulpit. Have you noticed that? It's because I've been into Israel and I've realized you need to say, Oh, So I was supposed to be said, so I don't want to hurt the language. And so if you stare, there has to be a place where you sit down and say, Listen, we really have developed a relationship. We've got a lot of things in common. It's not fair with the one that said, yeah, we just care with them why we came. Well, you know, that's you know, what I'm saying. Well, we're just here to missionaries and we want to help people. And we want, it's like, no, 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 no. You're going to tell them, listen, Jesus knows. They need to hear the Messiah came to this earth and he died on the cruel cross to forgive us our sins. He rose again three days later. So my point is, you can make lots of friends, but if they die without hearing the gospel, you've been an enemy. You haven't helped them in eternity. You say, but they might turn from me. That's what they did in the book of Acts. When they heard the gospel, many were mad. How dare you talk about a resurrection? They were mad about that. Who happened at them? The gospel is offensive. It truly is. I've had people many times at a funeral or something walk out when I start to give the truth. As long as I'm talking about the eulogy, the deceased person, talking about the stories, that's fine. If you start talking to me about eternal life and sin forgiven and Jesus dying, I'm out of here. It's offensive here now, too. And we understand that. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God under salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, but also to the Gentiles. And this gospel is to be preached. The gospel is according to 1 Corinthians 15. There's nothing that he says, I declare unto you, Paul talks to the church there. And he says, which also is received, and wherein you stand, by which you are also saved, if you keep in memory that which I committed unto you. That Jesus Christ died according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and he, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That must be proclaimed, or we're not doing what we're called to do. The fact of Jesus, Jesus loves you. Jesus came to save you. He wants to have a relationship with you, and He wants you to be in heaven with Him and part of the kingdom one day. That's the message. We pray that God is going to use you to reach. I'm talking to one missionary. They're getting ready to leave. It was years and years ago. 
So I'm interviewing this person, and I'm like, okay, so tell me a little bit about your gift, talk to me about, you know, your call to ministry and everything. He went through for, you know, and shared everything. And I said, yeah, can I ask you a really just a simple question? Have you ever met anybody in Jesus Christ? And he said, no. I'm like, and now you're a missionary. And you've never led one soul to Christ. And you're still going to be a missionary. I think missionaries, according to Acts, would be like, we're sharing the gospel. And, I mean, you throw enough feet out there, throwing somewhere, but all the grass is going to come up. You understand? Know somewhere, we spread the word, and somebody is going to be uh, have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and we realize it's not going to also root. And I understand that. And, and, they, and even if they were said, yeah, you know, I've been burdened for his neighbor, and I've been sharing the gospel with them, but they're not saved yet. I would have been good with that. But they're like, no. Amen. There was no, like, conviction. There was no, like, that's not what I'm called to do. Uh, and my heart's back. Because I'm thinking, if you couldn't learn fear, when you cross culture, cross language, cross everything, what magically is going to happen now? Now I'm a missionary. if you will, in heart and mind, preparing you for what God is going to use you to do. Because people are still people. They may speak a different language, but we're all sinners. And we all need Jesus. And He died for us all. And He rose again for us all. And that's the message. So we pray that this Sunday of Christ, pray for souls to be saved. We pray for inner personality problems that don't happen to conflict. And just, just realize that when you go, there are going to be. There are going to be hardships. And not everybody's going to like that. Now he's going to say, I want to be with you, and so we're going to want you to leave this country and go back to America. It's that message you have back there. And so we've got enough to be with you to hear the things that I want us to say about before they start to say no, and uh, that we will be behind them. So they're going to need us. Your money might get into the field, but our prayers keep them there. Follow me? Your, your finance will help, yes, we couldn't get there without you. But they're not going to stay there without you either. They need the prayers. I mean, what the mills have gone through uh, with, with uh, the ideas was uh, we have moved the embassy, the threats that you guys are putting in front of emails. I mean, it's constant hardship uh, that you folks are, are in. And, uh, and I love last time we hear sharing about people that are coming to their Christ. And we're so glad for you guys. We're really glad to be part of your lives. And, uh, we're real thankful for Andrea. We are thankful for you, young lady. God is going to do great things. And today, Kim and Alicia, what day you get? You guys head out? Thursday? Right? You're flying out? Just a couple hours flight and turn, right? And Ted Rocket, he goes there all the time. Just stay, you know. So you're going to do well. God's going to help you. And uh, after the presentation we're going to have here, uh, Kim and Alicia are going to come up and just share a couple of their thoughts. 